and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. You know, so much of of worship is good because it's a prayer. And it's funny, people think they're singing, but they're actually praying. And it's one of my favorite ways to pray in unity. Because when you try to pray in unity, so oftentimes people are everywhere. It's like, let's pray for blank. And people are everywhere. A song can turn into a prayer that everybody is praying together. Um, And it gets one voice. And whenever you get one of anything, one heart, one mind, one voice, one imagination, you have power. There's power in unity. Amen. Uh, And so, um, you know, songs like that, I'm not satisfied with yesterday's oil or yesterday's fire. That's a prayer. That's not, that's honestly, it's not a song. It's a prayer. Um, And so sometimes when you feel like you're stuck, turn to your prayers. There's songs of deliverance. And, And when you sing them, you're actually praying your way through things. And so maybe you need to build a playlist of prayer songs. And these aren't songs you listen to to just pray, but they're songs you pray when you sing. Does that make sense? Uh, So I think that'll help you. Uh, One of the things I want to encourage you to do, and this is just a little rabbit trail, uh, but when you approach God's word in this season, really approach it with the help of the Holy Spirit and ask him to teach you it. And I I had him kind of correct me on this. This was was interesting. During the prayer conference, we had somebody that I just truly love in. Her name is Patsy Caminetti. And and Patsy's just a woman who I know knows him. And I've met some people who know a lot of people. Um, And, you know, people sometimes like to impress you with who they know. Um, But I'll tell you who I really like is people who know the Lord. And Patsy knows the Lord. And so she came in uh, to the, the back room, and, you know, we're, we're going over the service and just seeing if she needs anything. And it had been a minute since I'd seen her, and so we were just catching up. And uh, Caitlin was back there, our communications director, and my wife was back there. And so she came back, Patsy did, and I was like, hey, it's so good to see you. And we started talking, and I said, we just had some missionaries in, JP and Larissa. And Larissa's out of your church. And I met her parents, and her parents are out of your church. I'm like, well, it's just such a small world. And somebody says, well, why is that such a big deal? It's in Australia. Uh, so, so it's like, you know, the pieces of the puzzle. How many of you know we're all interconnected? Which is why it's so critical. You get your life right. Because when you do, it impacts so much more than what you know. And, you know, I just, I even feel that tonight. Like, for some of you, it's so important that you get your life right in this season because it really does have implications in far more than you know and in the lives of people that are far more than you know. Uh, Because we're all interconnected in in a a real neat way. But anyway, so I was talking to him and and, and talking to her and saying that, and I said they were talking about how uh, Larissa's parents were talking about 
how you knew their, uh, their mother. So it'd be Larissa's grandmother and how she was like this dynamite woman of prayer. And how, you know, when her grandmother was on her deathbed, how Patsy went up there and just was talking to her and like did a a message based off of what she taught her. And so like, I'm just making conversations saying this of like, so she taught you like something in that season that you came and like taught a, a message on. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, well, what was it? And she said, John chapter seven and 38, verse 38. And she said, out of that, you learn that you can pray all night. And I'm like, well, okay. I'm like, well, what, what was it? She's like, hmm. And never said anything. And then it's time for service. And so we go into service. And then it was that night where I, I, we, I announced the book that I'd written, The Helper, which we'll give everybody a copy of on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, so we announced that, that, that book. And so I got caught up. And Patsy left before I could get out to ask her anything about John 7 and 38. And uh, so out of that, like, I, I was, you know, a little upset. I'm like, I want to know. Like, I want to know that what you get from just John 7, 38 can, like, take you over into praying all day. And, and she said, actually, endless prayer. Uh, and it was so funny because Caitlin and Pep both said, like, please. And she just, she never answered. Uh, and so, anyway, I was looking forward to asking her that. And I woke up. I don't know if you've ever woke up still a little perturbed. Like, I, I woke up that morning, and I'm like, I want to know. Like, genuinely, I want to know. And so I went to have my morning devotional, and the Spirit of the Lord came and corrected me. And he said, why are you more excited to hear from her about John 7 and verse 38 than you are excited to hear from me about John 7 and 38? And I repented. And I'm like, teach me. Teach me. So the word and the spirit, they agree. And so when you're doing your devotionals and when we approach God's word here in a minute... Let's have a heart where we really come to the Spirit and say, teach me. Make your word a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Teach me, Holy Spirit, your word. The word and the Spirit, they agree. Show me what I need to see out of these verses. Because we're going to look at some verses tonight that we've already looked at. But this week when I was kind of preparing my heart for what the Lord may want me to share in these services, he just brought me back to that and he said, you're not finished. Like, you have not made the point I want you to make there, so go back to it. So that's what we're going to do. Let's open up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 6. And if on the screens, you can get ready to put up the amplified of this. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. I planted, he's talking about in them. Uh, the church at Corinth, he's, he's talking about the work that is happening in them. He said, I planted, and we could say, something in you. Apollos watered what I put in you, but it was God who caused the growth of the seed I planted in you. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Let's take a time out there. When I am up here communicating, I'm not just talking, I'm sowing seed. And if you are open to it, open ground, I'm planting something in you because you're a garden. 
and you will get an increase of what is planted in you. We said this the other, other sessions. There is nothing, and I want you to get this so big in your spirit. I feel this in my heart right now. There is nothing that you are watching and listening to that is without consequence. There is nothing, nothing that you are watching and listening to that is without consequence. It all has a consequence to it. What you watch, what you, what you put before your eyes, what you listen to, what you choose, what you choose to put before your ears, there is none of that that's just entertainment. There is none of that that is without consequence. It is always seed going in you. It's seed that's watered. It's seed that's planted. And then eventually, you give an increase of what has been put into you. He keeps going here, and we see this principle build out um, even further. So then neither is the one who plants, nor the one who waters anything, but God who causes the growth, we would say again, of what is planted. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his labor, for we are God's fellows, fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's field. I planted. Apollos watered. God gave the increase. Uh, notice what the Amplified Version says of this. Uh, for we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together with you and for God. You are God's garden, a vineyard. And a field under cultivation. Your garden, you're a field. Well, we said this in our past sessions, but for the sake of your benefit, it is beneficial for me to be repetitive. Because one message done is better than 10,000 listened to. Paul said, it's safe for me to be repetitive. Um, Out of this, you are a garden. And we asked this question. What's a garden grow? Whatever is sown in it. And if you understand this, it changes your life. You are a garden. I'm a garden. Well, what will I grow? Whatever has been sown in me. And I, I felt, when I was writing this this week, I, I felt the Lord's mercy for so many of you. Because you're trying to do really well in this season, like genuinely, you're trying to do really well in this season, but you've been frustrated with some of the things you've been producing. And the Lord just wanted me to tell you, keep going. Because all all that's happening is, is the seed that was sown in past seasons is being produced in this one, but it's not being a seed that's being sown right now. You're sowing brand new seed. And so that new seed, if you keep going with the new seed, it will produce a new harvest later on. But there is always a gap between seed and harvest. Seed, time is the gap, then harvest. Seed, time, harvest. And some of you are reaping a harvest. There's been time since you've sown that seed in you and allowed that seed to get in you. But the seed from past seasons that has gotten in you is producing now in this season. 
And it's like, but I'm sowing good seed. And God says, I know, be patient. Because with the time that's coming, in future seasons, you will produce a harvest of what you're sowing now. God is patient. He waits for the precious fruit of the earth. And so you've got to be patient with you too, because in you right now, unless you've been doing this right, which is my goal from here on out, in you right now is a mixture of seed. And you have the wheat growing up with the tares at the same time. Because it's not just God who's been sowing things in you. You are whose garden? You are God's garden. And the question we're asking is, am I? Who ultimately gets to decide what's put in me? Who ultimately is my Lord who decides what gets, what gets put in me? Who is Lord over my eyes? Who is Lord over my ears? And for so many of us in past seasons, who's that been? Me. I'm my garden. So I really look and see what I want to watch, and then I watch it. I really look and see what I want to look at and read, and I look at it, and I read it. And I really want to choose what I listen to, and so that's what I listen to. And God is like, well, the problem with that is, is a garden only grows what is sown in it. And so if you want a God-filled life where God is like really moving in your life, and, and of course God moves in all kinds of wonderful ways. God moves in your children, and God moves in your marriage, and God moves in your finances. Like God moves in so many extraordinary ways. But the only way he can produce a harvest is if he has his seed in that area. Because what you're producing now in marriage is what you've allowed to be sown in you. And what you're producing right now in, in, in finances is because of what you've allowed to be sown into you. Uh, we've got uh, Jonathan here with us tonight. Jonathan's from Tulsa. And he came down to, to meet with some business leaders that I told him about. He's the son of Matt and Julie Beamer, uh, people that, that God's really called me to serve. They're missionaries in the Middle East. And, you know, so starting a business. And so I, he was at a board meeting. I was at a board meeting with him for Matt and Julie Beamer Ministries. And he's like, hey, could I come down and, like, just spend some time with you and spend some time with some, some business people? And, you know, just how do you do Christian business and that kind of thing? And so um, it's, of course, yes, because God has told me to serve Matt and Julie. And what better way to serve them than to help their son? Um, like I know for me as a parent, if you want to help me, help my kids. Uh, like nothing matters more to me. Uh, so out of that, um, he came down. And so I'm, I'm introducing him to different people that I know and people who have built kingdom businesses and works. Without fail, without fail, you can ask him. Without fail, all of them talk about, you need to read this book. And they start giving them books, all these different books, all these different books, all these different books. And so people would look at these people's lives and they would say, like, I really want to produce what they have produced. But it's like, they, they're not producing that by accident. They're a garden. They produce what they have allowed to be sown into them. And in, in every one of your lives, if you want to be holy, you've got to have holy seed in you. If you want to stop being lustful, you've got to stop letting that seed be sown in you. If you want peace, you can't have all the seed of division be sown in you. You've got to make a decision to stop looking at it, to stop allowing it to go through your eyes and ears. If you want to walk with God, you need to be studying the Lord. Walk with him. Allow his word to be big in you. 
And so out of that, you know, and I mentioned this the first time we talked about this, I feel like it's so critical of what Jen said in last year's prayer, prayer conference in 2023. She said, there is much contention for the deep of you. And I feel that deep in my bones. Like right now in this season, there is much contention for the deep of you. Like God and the enemy are trying to get your heart. And there is much contention for the deep of you. And I feel like like in the book of Acts, there were some moments where like believers came together and they're like, we need to burn some things. Seriously, believers, like Christians, God's moving big in their life. And there was much contention for the deep of them. And they came together and like, we need to burn some things. And they started burning some books and some other things. Why? Because it was seed. It's not just a book. It's seed. It's seed that's going in you. Um, and so, and, you know, you've heard me tell this story a thousand times, but it's the truth. And, you know, I, I literally had God speak to me audibly and tell me to pastor this church. I knew it was what God had for me. And I tried so desperately to make it work, and it's failing. And I saw my father make it work. Like, I never saw, literally, never saw decrease when my father was the pastor of Word of Life Church. Just never saw it. I didn't even know what it looked like. And so, like, when it happens, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to survive in famine uh, and that kind of thing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying. And then I sit down in his chair in his office, and, like, I see all of these books, and then it dawns on me. I am trying to produce what he produced without paying the price. And I'm not talking about just, like, sitting down and reading, but I'm saying what came out of my father was not by accident. And it wasn't just because God wanted it. If that was the case, everyone would fulfill God's plan for their life. My father made a decision to understand I am a field. And if I want something to come out of me, I've got to put something in me. And he made a decision to read all these books. And that's when I threw away the television, set it out by the side of the road and said, within a year, I'm going to read every one of these books. And I did. And it changed my life. If you want to produce something different in marriage, you've got to get you've got to get different seed in you in marriage. Literally, I read a book uh, two years ago called The Intentional Father by John Tyson, Changed the Way I Parent. I'm a better parent because of that book. Why? I'm a field. I'm a garden. That book was a seed. And honestly, that book really watered some seed that was already in me, but I had not been paying attention to. And when that water hit that seed, it grew and produced something different for my sons. And so my sons have a better father. It's not because I made a decision to be more disciplined. I'm a product of my environment. Your environment is actually what's controlling your discipline. You get the right seed in you, it produces something different coming out of you. And, and like I guarantee you, if you ask my kids, it's like, I like that better. And why? It's different seed. Oh, come on now. And so I, I just really want to hammer this point in you. Now, now, here's something. I want you to write this down if you, you are taking notes. Seed is powerless unless it's planted. Seed has no power um, unless it's planted. There are many negative uh, television shows, movies, magazines, internet searches, all of those things uh, that I choose not to partake in. And so is it dangerous? Yes. Is it dangerous to me? No, it's powerless. Why? Because it's not what? Planted. 
It may be planted in others. It's not going to be planted in me. So seed is powerless unless it's planted. On the flip side of that, this is filled with good power. Genuinely filled with good power. Uh, I was listening to some of our podcasts the other day from some of our campus pastors. Podcasts filled with good power. But it's powerless in me unless it's what? Planted. Um, All of those books that they recommended uh, Jonathan to read, all of those books, literally every single one of those books are powerful. 20 years from now could make a major difference in his life. But it'll mean nothing on a bookshelf. Because seed is powerless unless it is planted. I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. God can't increase anything that hasn't been planted. God can't increase anything that hasn't been watered. And so literally when we hear phrases like in the book of Proverbs, to guard your heart, for out of your heart flow the boundaries and the issues of life. That's where that that word issues means. It literally means boundaries. So what he's saying there is, is you will move no further than your heart. And if you want to go further in life, you've got to increase your boundaries. And so you've got to guard what you're allowing in you. I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't come anywhere near our eyes or ears. There's a lot of ideas, suggestions, and people with those things that shouldn't come anywhere near influencing my heart. Because their ideas and things are powerless unless they're planted in me. Um, And so you've got to be careful. And you've got to be careful in in some stages. And here's the stages I, I want to talk to you about just real quick. Number one, you got to be careful when you're broken. Um, if, you, if you have seed here, and I just had a bunch of seed, like watermelon seed, just say I opened up a watermelon, got a lot of watermelon seeds, and I just threw them on the stage here. Um, is it going to produce any watermelons? No. Why? Because the ground here is not ready to receive it. So this ground, even if it has powerful watermelon seed on it, it can't produce anything. But if I go out there and I really take the time to till the ground, to break it, to open it up, and then plant the seed with intelligent care in that and strategically look after it and water it, I got a shot at producing something. That's what Jesus is talking about, 30, 60, and 100-fold. Not every seed that gets in you will produce 100-fold. Sometimes it only produces 30. So you got a lot of watermelon seeds, maybe only one produces. Uh, because there's different things affecting the ground. You are a garden. And so there's sometimes, like, I, I, I preach every message to my wife before I preach it. And out of that, that can be very annoying. You, 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 there are perks to it. But then there are also times, like, seriously, there are perks. Like, she really enjoys it. She's like, your best messages are always to me. I'm like, I know you. I know it. Because you, you are mine. Um, and so, like, out of that, uh, there are times, though, like yesterday, when I know she's kind of busy. But, like, I need to digest what I'm about to say. And so, like, I try to interrupt her. And the whole time I'm talking, I can tell I'm not connecting. Like, genuinely, she's thinking about about something else, and it's completely my fault because I interrupted what she was doing. But there are other times where I know her heart is, listen to me, open to me. And when you're broken, you're open. And you'll go through things in life that hurt. Sometimes you'll do things that hurt yourself. 
Sometimes people will do things that hurt you. Sometimes life just happens and it hurts you. But either way, the ground is open because it's broken. And when that happens in your life, you have got to be careful what you allow in your eyes and ears. You've got to be careful that you don't allow the wrong person to come and speak into your life. Not everyone has the right to speak into your life. You've got to be careful who comes in in that moment. When Peter made his mistake and sinned and he went out and wept bitterly, what is he? He is broken, man. I mean, he is broken. Thank the Lord, the Lord went out and found him. And when the Lord went out and found him, what did he do? He made sure he got the right seed in him. Peter, do you love me? You know I love you. Feed my sheep. What's he doing? He's putting in him seed. Feed my sheep. It's not just a word. It's seed. There is no word going in you without consequence. And he's trying to turn him into book of Acts, Peter. But Peter on the book of Acts and Peter in book of Acts can't be standing up there with all that boldness unless new seed gets in him. And the enemy was working overtime to get shame in that man. And so he made him say it three times. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? You know I love you. Feed my lambs. And out of that, what he's trying to get him to do is new seed in him. Why? He knows he's broken. And in that broken state, the Lord knew, I need right seed in him. And so when you're broken, you need to surround yourself with godly people. When you're broken, that ain't the time to be listening to things that identify with your brokenness and pain. You need to get some faith put in you, some faith for tomorrow, some things that uplift your soul. Amen. So when you're broken, you need to be careful. When you're broken, you're open. Number two, comfortable. When you're comfortable, you're open. Um, Samson on the head, of, his head on the lap of Delilah. It's a problem. Why? He's comfortable there. And when you're comfortable with people, you're open to them. Uh, for my kids, I don't even try to teach them anything when I'm correcting them. It's pointless. And somebody says, why? Because they're not listening to me. All they're thinking about in that moment is what is the punishment. Like any life lesson I'm trying to convey to them in that moment is literally just a waste of time. All they're wondering is, will I be able to play video games? Will I be able to go out? Will I be able to do something? And so they're waiting for the punishment. I know they're not comfortable and so if they're not comfortable, they're not open. So when I'm, when I'm correcting, that's all it is. It's correction. I want it short and sweet. You did this. You knew not to do this. We made a promise. We wouldn't do it. Here's the consequence. Move on. Then I wait. And I wait to connect with them. And so I'll have a moment where I'm like, I, I work out with Boston. I'll have a moment where I'm working out with Boston. He is the perfect workout partner, by the way. Anyway, I'm working out with Boston, and we're setting the weight down. And, you know, we're waiting 30 seconds before the next rep. And I'm like, you you know when that happened the other night? He's like, yes, sir. I'm like, let me teach you why that matters to me. Because when he's comfortable with me, he's open. This is why you need to be careful about who your friends are. Because your friends, your real good friends, and I tell Boston all the time, we're best friends for life, man. Me and you, best friends for life. You're my workout buddy, best friends for life. And so out of that, when you're like that with somebody and you're comfortable with them in that moment, you are open to them. And their ideas about marriage are getting in you. Their ideas about you are getting in you. 
their ideas about money, about God, about politics, about all of these things are getting in you. Why? You are a garden. And there is nothing that you hear or see that is without consequence. And so you need to be careful who you get comfortable with. And you need to make sure the people that you're comfortable with aren't taking you to the Philistines. Uh, So whoever your head is in the lap of that you allow to have that kind of access to your mind, you need to make sure these are people who are going to take your life forward. Why? Because you are garden. And when the ground is open, the seed is getting in. The third person, uh, the third type of thing when you need to watch is when you're impressed. When you're impressed. When you get impressed with people, they make an impression on you. When you're impressed with people, they make an impression on you, which is why I guard my heart about who I'm impressed with. I don't, I'm not impressed with you because of what you drive. I'm not impressed in you because you're a movie star. I'm not impressed with you because you got a brand. I'm not impressed with you for any of those reasons. I want to be impressed over the right things. Because who you're ever impressed by, they're making an impression on you, which is why you got to be careful about who you're impressed by. Why are you following them? Why are you following them? Uh, Do they operate wisdom in that area? Why would you track what they wear? Why would you care to flip through the pages of what they're putting on? Are they moving in a direction towards the Lord? You are a garden. And if they impress you, they are making an impression on you. Their values are becoming your values. Their standards are becoming your standards. you got to be careful about who you're impressed by. Because who you're, whoever you're impressed by, they're making an impression on you. Fourth thing, and, and this is, I want to major on these last two and I'll close. Man, y'all listen well, it's 714. Okay. Um, and this is for everybody in here. When you're young. And for, for many of you, you didn't have a choice in this. And it's created a disadvantage for you. When you're a child, you're open. Uh, you're, you're, you believe. And this is why Jesus said, come to me like a little child. Why? Quick to believe. They'll believe in Santa. They'll believe in Easter Bunny. They'll believe in all these things. It makes no sense. They'll still believe it. Why? You told it to them. And so many of your belief systems about everything were found when you were little, and many of those beliefs have disserved you. They've not served you well. They've hindered you. They hurt you. Why? Because you're a garden. And as a parent, I'm very mindful of, my kids are dirt. (laughs) They are a garden. And um, I am sowing into them constantly things about life, family, marriage, money, God. Is Is it easy to hear from God or hard? Is it easy to make money or hard? Is it easy to be a leader or hard? Is living for Christ wonderful or hard? All of these things are formed in you when you're young. And these beliefs are there. And so for me, I was very blessed to have two good parents. They weren't perfect, but they, I was blessed to have good ones. And, and out of that, I'm, a fr- I'm, I'm the byproduct, much of what you see right now, in my life, is a byproduct of the seed they sowed in me. And so life has not been hard for me because I I, I had Mark 11, 23 put in me. 1 Corinthians 13, put in me. You got an enemy, you forgive that enemy. Put 
in me. And all of these things put in me have served me very well. Now, there have been other issues in my life. My father died when he was 44 of a heart attack. There were beliefs about food that were not good for me. And I struggled with those things all throughout my 20s. Why? I'm a garden. This is why you better have mercy for people. I said, this is why you better have mercy for people. Because if you were that field, seeing what they saw when they were a child, you wouldn't be so quick to judge. And I'm a pastor. I get to know people's field. I had a phone call this week with a, a young man. Man, he was just, he was hurting because of things that had happened in his life and just judging himself so harshly. And um, just struggling with it, just the disappointment. He, he was feeling like he was letting his family down. And I knew his background, and I knew his father and mother, and I, I knew how rough it was for him. I mean, like, literally, um, for entertainment, uh, his father would make him fight his siblings. For inter- I'm, I'm talking like fist fight, like make you bleed fight, and would sit and watch it. And that would be his entertainment. You don't know what people have gone through. Well, that doesn't just magically get out of your field. Unless with the blood of Jesus, you renounce it with the help of the Holy Spirit. But there are certain things that are there, which is what a lot of therapy and that type of thing, if you've ever done therapy, a lot of times they'll take you back there. Why? Because you're a garden. And you don't like what's coming out of you. And what they want to show you even in therapy is it's not just coming out of you. It's coming out of you because it got sown in you. And if you don't address that seed, you'll never eliminate that fruit. And so out of that, he's feeling shame and those types of things. And so I had to take him back there. And I had to show him, this is not just, you are a garden This was sown in you. We renounce it. But the biggest thing that I I was telling him is while this is unfortunate that this happened to you while we were a child and we have to renounce these things, we have to purge ourselves from these things, we have to forgive. And I've, I've, you know, part of his reconciliation to himself, a reconciliation to him was like I've helped him go back to his father and forgive him. And in all of these types of things. To, to go to these moments and to address it. But out of that, the biggest thing that I've told him is now you have a child. You have a child in your home. And out of that, they are a field. And you are sowing things into them. And I said, my father, literally, if you knew his story, he is a drug addict. A drug addict. Dropped out of high school. GED. Uh, didn't finish all these rough, rough, rough. But he changed generations because he took responsibility for the seed he was, he was sowing in me. And while he could not change the seed that was sowing in him, he could make a, a decision to sow different seed in him and to sow different seed in me. And that's what you I was telling, that's what you gotta do for him. But you gotta understand a lot of what was put in you as a child is and hear me, is not serving you well. 
And so you have to make a decision that, that out of this, you confront everything that's not serving you well, and you put new seed in that area. And you come back, and if it's fathering, read a bunch of good books on fathering. Get around a bunch of godly men who are fathers. If it's marriage, it's like, I have no idea, Pastor Joel, how to have a good marriage. you got to get around a family unit that shows you how to do it. Get around a husband and a wife that shows you how to do it. No idea how to be disciplined with these things. My life changed with some people who got I got around who physical fitness was a big deal to them. And I got them very close to my life. Got new seeds sown in me. Changed my life. Um, I, I purposely connected with people in areas where I needed better seed there, red in that area, changed what I put before me, and it's changed what has come out of me. And so, and this is the, the last point that I want to make is, and this is where we want to be in this season, is submitted. Submitted. And, and in submission, what you, you're saying is, is I understand I need good seed in me. And so I open up my heart, Lord Jesus, in these areas and I say, have your way. Is I understand I, I do not want to just keep dealing with the fruit of past seed. That there is legitimately, Father, things in me that I want to stop producing. And so I open up my heart and I say, Holy Spirit, address these issues. Holy Spirit, I plead the blood of Jesus over these things and I curse that fig tree that keeps producing fruit. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I renounce that seed. It was wrong. I renounce it and I say, I will quit watering that tree. But Holy Spirit, everything in me wants to open myself up to wisdom and to make it a principal thing in my life. And so let me put right things before my eyes and my ears. Put a watch over my eyes that they may not sin against you. Put a a watch over my ears that they may not sin against you. Put a watch over my heart that it may not sin against you. Why? I am a garden. And Father, I want to be your garden. Who has the final say as to what goes in me? You, Lord. Who has the final say about what I watch? You, Lord. Who has the final say about what I listen to? You, Lord. Why? I am your garden. I am your garden. I am your field. And so let's, let's have a moment of just prayer tonight. And let's have a moment of, of cleansing. And I, I, I want you to just really acknowledge the areas of your life that are producing really good fruit and then other areas that may not be producing what you want. And, and with the help of the Holy Spirit in acknowledging that, just surrender it over to him. And for some of you, it could be a pathway tonight of real true healing on the inside of you. Because the Lord, the Lord can curse a fig tree and you not eat after it anymore. And I sense that tonight in my spirit. That for, for some of you, genuinely tonight, in the presence of the Lord, the Lord can curse a fig tree. And you don't eat from that tree any longer. That what was frustrating you is just killed in the name of Jesus. And that no, 
And I, I hear this almost prophetically in my heart that some of you, your biggest frustration in your life right now is it's not just you who's eating of the tree, but those who love you. That those who love you are coming to that tree and they've been eating of it. And you hate it and the Lord says he can curse it tonight. That the Lord can address it and no man will eat fruit of it from hereafter. And, and so let's do this by the Spirit and then let's just open up our hearts to the Holy Spirit and just say, I, I want to watch over me. So I'm going to pray and you can take a posture of prayer. It could be just right there in your seat. Just in a moment of just being open. Um, it, it could be maybe you want to stand while we worship and just be open. It, it could be maybe on your knees and just in a moment of just being open. But that's what we're looking for is just submission of I'm not waiting to be broken to be open. I'm not waiting to be impressed to be open. I'm not waiting to be a child to be open. I open my heart to you, Lord. And I, I just say, have your way in me. So let me pray for you tonight. Let's not rush it. Just find your place of prayer right now. Find your place of surrender. And I'm not talking about a physical place. I'm talking about in your heart. Lord Jesus, tonight, we want to be yielded to you, Lord. We want to be submitted to you, Lord Jesus. Open to you, Lord Jesus. Submitted to you, Lord Jesus. And Father, we say tonight that anything that is in me that is producing bad fruit, a seed that was sown in us years ago that keeps producing bad fruit or something maybe even recently that was sown in us that keeps producing bad fruit, Father, we say tonight, in the name of Jesus, it is cursed. And no person will eat fruit of it hereafter. Father, right now in your presence, in the name of Jesus, I curse everything in the hearts of these submitted ones that does not need to produce any longer. Every wound every hurt, every sin. You be touched by the blood of Jesus. You be removed and you be washed by Him. And Holy Spirit, we just say, we want to be God's garden. We want to be the Father's garden. So will you put a watch over my eyes? Will you put a watch 
over my ears? Will you put a watch over my heart that we will not sin against you? Father, we only want good seed in me. We only want good seed in us, and so we submit our lives to you, Lord. We submit our lives to you, Lord. Father, there are words that fathers have put on their daughters that are not right. I curse that in Jesus' name. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. No person eat fruit from you any longer in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. No longer shame on you in Jesus' name. Free. Free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord.